Hello, heroes, and welcome to another exciting episode of One Shot. I'm James D'Amato, your Game Master. This week we're playing Tenra Bancho Zero, one of the many fantastic RPGs that was imported from Japan. Tenra is a distinctly Japanese fantasy system, drawing on Japanese folklore, comics, and animation to create a truly unique world. We'll get to that in a bit, but first I want to tell you about two shows who went out of their way to support noisy person cards. The first up is Dungeons & Randomness, a D&D based actual play. It all started in a town called Overdale. One group of adventurers brought together by nothing but happenstance. Now the four are brought together by their will to make Theria a better place. Thus far, they have seen the rise and fall of a genocidal cleric king, the slaying of a dragon, and are now beginning to unravel the mystery of the lost gods. Woven within these epic stories are smaller ones that are by no means less important. Stories of friendship, love, betrayal, and hardship, with every group's choices affecting the others, and the world around them. Dungeons & Randomness has over 20 cast members, and hundreds of NPCs. Dungeons & Randomness can be found on iTunes, Podbean, and on their own website, dandrpodcast.com. That's D and, spelled out, R, podcast.com. The next is Both and & Banter and D20 Babes. If you listen to our 13th Age episodes or follow me on Twitter, you know I am a huge fan of Rat Queens. And the creator of Rat Queens, Curtis Weeb, runs two actual play programs of his own. The first is Bothan Banter, an actual play of Edge of the Empire set in a dark and seedy criminal underworld. If you like campaign, I think there is a really good chance you'll like Bothan Banter. There are a lot of wonderful, distinct personalities in that show, but it is the bizarro mirror image of our campaign with a much harder-edged approach to the scum and villainy of the Star Wars universe. Finally, there's Weeb's Twitch stream, D20 Babes. I know I keep coming back to Rat Queens, but if you love the irreverent, tough-as-nails approach to character development that Weeb takes in Rat Queens, you are going to like D20 Babes. Every Monday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, Curtis runs for a party of all-female players with really enjoyable characters full of personality. Again, a huge thanks to Dungeons & Randomness, Both and & Banter, and D20 Babes for helping us to support Noisy Person Cards, which is still on Kickstarter right now. At the time of this recording, NPC is 85% funded, and we're looking really good on our social goals. This week, we are less than 100 followers for Paracosmist, the Paracosm Press Twitter feed, away from unlocking a new piece of art by Eric Colossal. Do your part to help get the word out about Noisy Person Cards, the party game designed to help you develop character voices, by following us at Paracosm Press to unlock that new piece of art. And with all those plugs out of the way, let's do a quick thank you section to our Patreon backers. Christy Williams, thank you. Thanks, Christy. Paul Vidmar, thank you. Vidmar? Paul Vidmar, thank you. Ben Stonick, thank you. Thanks, Ben. Ian Strauss, thank you. Dalton Bird, thank you. Thanks, Dalton Bird. Graham Wilson, thank you. Keith Burrows, thank you. Thanks, Keith. Thanks, Greg. Thanks, Greg. Eric Henson, thank you. Thanks, Eric. Jason Giordano. No, Jason... Giordino? Giordino. Giordino. Thank you. Jean Perez, thank you. 
Thanks again to all of our supporters on Patreon. I know that we're a little late with First Watch this month, but we have been swamped with our Kickstarter. Thankfully, to make up for it, I have posted a new three-hour lost episode of One Shot for you to enjoy. That is a game of Hollow Point starring Zach Mast, Brad Pike, and Luke Null. It's a little bit too racy for our main feed, but I think a lot of our Patreon backers will enjoy it. And with all that out of the way, let's get to the show. Let's meet our party for this week, folks. First up, I'm going to go with a voice that's familiar to everybody. That's Cat Cool. Hey, James Tomato. Hey, Cat. So we're playing Tenra Bancho Zero. Finally! Yeah, finally we're playing Tenra Bancho Zero. We got it at Gen Con, and I've been very excited to one day play it. Today is the day. Yeah, you know a lot more about this system than I do. Like, I know how the system yeah, works. Yeah, I don't know how the system works I, at all, The actually. setting I don't know as much. <laughs> there you go. But it's very cool. Uh, you described it to me as the Japanese shadow run, but I think that's a mechanical note because it's a D6 system. Yeah. Well, and- so, and, and yeah, it doesn't really work. I, I think what I meant was like the, it has a lot of focus on tech and spirituality, yes. which is something that is prevalent in shadow run. It kind of does like tech, magic, spiritualism, mashes them all together. This does the same thing, but in a, uh, something that's divorced from cyberpunk and is exceptionally Japanese. Well, yeah, when they were promoting this, uh, they described it as the hyper-Japanese fantasy system, and it does seem to touch on all of the themes that Japanese storytelling seems to care most about. Somewhere buried within each character, there is something that is that, that you've seen in Japanese cultural exports before, which I think is really neat. Agree. Uh, so, <laughs> Kat, uh, I want to learn a little bit about your character. Who are you going to be playing for us this week? Uh, I'm playing Mihal, so atypical of me she's a, a 13 year old girl what yeah who is an oni okay and what are oni like in this because i think a lot of people know oni are demons uh well they're kind of demons yeah so oni are sometimes uh, scary monsters who live on the ma- on mountains and come and crush things and have different stories depending on the mythology whatever um in this world uh, not so much no they're they're kind of just people they're people who look very human Except they have horns on their heads, either one or two. Okay. I have two uh, that are six inches long, sticking out straight from my temples. Cool. Two little point horns. They use those horns uh, to tap into telekinetic, uh, or not just telekinetic, to telepathic as well, Jean Grey style psychic powers that link them to the earth and nature and each other. They're a people who have been able to be kind of nomadic uh, and tribal and don't have a written history because of their constant telepathy with, with each other. They just have a communal history that exists in this psychic space, which is intimidating to people who are not Oni. Mm-hmm. Um, so they are thought of as monsters, but they're just kind of more people. Okay. And in your Oni in particular, are there any notable features that she has? How, what does she look like? Sure. So she is kind of a shrimp. She, she looks like a shrimp? She does in that she's that pink. Is definitely possible in this game for people to look like shrimp cats. <laughs> okay, so, so she, she looks like pink in one, she looks like a shrimp in one way and that she's pink. Okay. She is a slightly, slightly more pink salmon than is typical in a human. Okay. But, uh, otherwise she is small in stature. 
How's that? But okay. She doesn't have this like long leggy uh, maho shoujo build. She has like a shrimpy kid, malnourished kid build. Is, is she like? Is she like broad and thick? Because I've noticed in a lot of the oni art that they're like sort of broad. So the men tend to be, but they tend to make the women really shrimpy in all okay. of the art. Because hey, you know. <laughs> Why not? Um, she has straight bangs sticking down between her horns and then a lot of hair that uh, is all piled up in a big yarny looking bun. So those horns are uh, not like devil's horns or goat horns. They're not bone. I mean, they are, but that's inside of skin. They otherwise just look like cones of the same the rest of the skin all over her body um mm-hmm. which is a, a kind of a unique look for a horned monster in a game to me i think it's interesting that they went that direction she has red eyes and those cute little dot eyebrows that you see so they're just little dots well she shaved cl- clearly shaved, oh, she off shaved the, the rest and- of i i that's a question that i've always had do you think are they shaved when people do that, or are they supposed to be their eyebrows? I so, think it's so, shaved. So because oh. you are an oni, I oh, think there's a the potential that that's, that's just, that's what, just what they are. Then let's let it be that, because that's really cute. In that particular uh, courtly style, it's you just take the whole thing off. Yeah, you and, take the whole thing off and draw, draw it on. on the, because, in fact... They go much higher than like the actual eyebrow, right? Uh, in the in in the makeup style. Well, but. she also because this is also it's an anime system. It's anime. Uh, she has a huge forehead because she is a kid of the right age to have a giant forehead. So mm-hmm. she has like high dot eyebrows and then long bangs hanging down be- between her horns before you get up to the massive hair. Little kids with big heads, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anime. She probably also has like kind of porcelain flower earrings. Cool. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And she has uh, two kind of small markings uh, by the side of her face. It's traditional in Oni culture to every year get slightly more added to a specific set of tattoos. Ooh. Um, but she's very young. They can live for hundreds of years. And she is 13. So she just has two little red pips by the sides of her eyes. And um, like many, Oni has transferred the red to the rest of her her get up. Uh, the clothing is so ridiculous. I think that she's wearing like a poncho and skirt um, like a Pokemon trainer would though. <laughs> <laughs> so like they're not reasonable things in any capacity. Mm-hmm. Um just a poncho and skirt. Um, and she has a clunky looking DBZ tech camera around her neck, mm-hmm. um, strapped to it with a brown leather strap. And then on her back, um, with more brown leather straps, a really giant, uh, Kanabo war club, which for those who don't know are those like square looking baseball batty clubs that oh, have with the brass tacks with that have in the them? brass tacks in them but all of her brass tacks have been painted white and have little red flowers on them oh my god it's a motif it is i sense a motif developing <laughs> cat <laughs> so that's me hall she's barefoot perfect Thanks. okay <laughs> and let's move on to a new voice to some folks uh rob stith Hey, James D'Amato. Hey, Cat Cool. How are you guys doing today? Uh, We're we're doing pretty good. (laughs) All the better for seeing you, Rob. (laughs) And I want to point out, we are playing Tenor Bancho Zero, a game that we have wanted to play forever, and a game that I am really excited to play because of Rob. Well, I mean, it 
it looks good. I don't know why that's my fault, but the game looks amazing. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's because of Rob's generous uh, Patreon contributions oh. that we get to play this game today. Yep, this is Rob's birthday game, and he opted to share it with uh, at least all the other backers and Patreon. Uh, so you guys deserve it. <laughs> hey, thank you so much, Rob, for supporting us and for having us play this game with you. Uh, can we learn a little bit more about your character? Oh, boy. Tachibana Yuta is really a mess. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. To the naked eye, he appears like a kind of old Buddhist monk. He's wearing tattered black robes of the Ebon Mountain sect, which is kind of the more, oh, cool. the, the most free form of the traditional Buddhist sects in Tenra. Uh, very individualized in their approach to enlightenment. Uh, very non-dogmatic and individual. But he's studiously bald, uh, barefoot, doesn't really carry much with himself, just like a satchel for absolute essentials. But he's actually not old. If you look closer at him, he actually looks quite young. He looks like he couldn't be much more than 30. You think that he's old initially looking at him because of the way he carries himself and the just bereft thousand-yard stare that he has at pretty much all times. Uh, he's seen some shit. He's done some shit. And he's trying to make up for it, if he can. Something that I'm curious about, I want to know more about that clothing that he's wearing. Is it recognizable, or is it sort of like rags that he's dressed himself in? I think the cut of Ebon Mountain Sect robes is fairly recognizable, but uh, none of them really look the same because they yeah. tend to be very... They're schlubby. Yeah, travel-worn and beat up, and you'd probably just have the one. Every Ebon Mountain monk has a sort of individualized squalor to their wardrobe and appearance. Okay, cool. Since we learned a little bit about how the Oni work, uh, where you're originally from, uh, or the, maybe a little bit about uh, the monks and their beliefs, uh, let's dig into that bit of background now so people have that going in. Well, uh, while the other two sects have a lot of stock that they put in mantras and specific prayers and rituals and standardized paths to enlightenment. The Ebon Mountain sect is basically reformist in that they think that it is meaningless to try to teach enlightenment to mm, others. That's cool. And that true enlightenment has to be found on an individual basis within the self and the fundamental differences between different people necessitate a completely individual approach to higher understanding of the world and the self. And that those differences are to be celebrated rather than um, beaten down as they mm-hmm. as they are in many of the more prescriptive uh, elements of Tenra culture and the Buddhist religion within Tenra. He's barefoot. Mm-hmm. He has these Dude, incredibly barefoot club. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in, that was a terrible high five. We have to. It was a little better. Uh, <laughs> so he he has incredibly raggedy clothes. He looks like he's just been through a lot. Bare feet, absolutely no calluses or marks of any kind on his feet, and not so much as a wrinkle on his face. Oh, interesting. Even he, though he's, so he's like, he still looks 30, though? When you actually look at him. Okay, cool. When you get past the body language and the mood, yeah, everyone out the corner of their eye assumes that he's 50, 60 years old. Right. But and then you look at him and he's young. He's young. And, and, and completely immaculate in his, uh, in his skin. That's cool. For a 
for reasons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which can can we get into the reasons? Can we? Are, yeah. Should we explain? Uh, the reasons? I, I think it is time that you reveal this because this is actually an important part of the setting and system that these things exist. So, on the world of Tenra, there are these things called mushi or annelids, depending on what language you want to want to use for them. They are incredibly powerful parasitic slash symbiotic organisms that have a really good time living inside human bodies. And uh, analytists, or mushitsukai, which is the the more animu way of saying it, Mm -hmm. uh, they intentionally implant and allow themselves to be colonized by mushi that give them powers, that give them abilities. And they tend to be traveling doctor types because the mushi are actually very, very good at medicine and first aid and uh, cleansing poisons from people's bodies and knitting their wounds and and stuff like that. But they are gross bug people, they, so and you as, don't want them sticking around. As gross bug people, they are heavily ostracized, as one might expect, but it's kind of it's kind of one of those you, you know medieval medieval times abortionist situations where yeah, you make them live at the edge of town, but when you need them, you need them. Mm-hmm. And so until somebody convinces you to burn them, they're they're there. And burning me probably wouldn't work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so let's actually, I think, talk a little bit about the annelids in your system just so people can visualize it because I don't think overtly from the outside many people would be able to identify you. As no. But some you can, right? There's some, some, some that you like can. give you claws. Some and... have like mouth crawlers. Ew. So. Oh, yeah. Like some of the more aggressive ones like erupt from the body and attack people. There are people with wasp hives inside of and them. Someone with a phobia of parasites. What the hell, Japan? Hey, yeah, I mean, hey, body horror bothers me more than most horror, which is why I gravitate towards it because <laughs> sure. it makes me feel alive. That's a thing about this system it is beautiful the lore is really interesting rife with body there's horror. so much body horror <laughs> just there's, casual body horror. there's about a thousand percent more body horror in this <laughs> game than other games that you would play cronenberg senpai is pleased uh so uh yeah so what are what's your analyd it is the immortality strain which is super rare and incredibly dangerous to implant it plays havoc with the uh mushitsukai's personality Often mm. killing them. Generally speaking, these are implanted against people's will in horrible medical experiments rather than voluntarily. But they make you Wolverine. You heal absurdly fast, wounds knit, and you don't age. Which is why, despite his incredibly rough lifestyle, smooth as a baby's butt, he's got absolutely no sign of the wear and tear of his lifestyle on his actual body. So, I think we have a good foundation to start the game. And so I will. You guys are in a wood. Um, this is a deep, vast, deciduous forest. There is a lot of tree cover shading the ground beneath. Uh, it's not dark, but you know, it, it reminds you that you are in a forest that is much larger than you. Uh, like there's not too much greenery growing on the ground uh, around you apart from mosses because all the light is being captured by the trees. And we see this raggedy looking man who, uh, you know, looks very gaunt uh, from his travels mm. with 
uh, carrying on his back uh, this young girl who's not in a condition right now that looks exactly healthy. She doesn't have any overt injuries that you, that you'd be able to see like bleeding wounds, but she looks tired. She's hungry and thirsty. She's pasty. Pasty, but she's she's conscious. Um, and she looks to be, well, Kat, what would your emotional state be right now? She was frantic and frustrated, but now I think she's just drained. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that someone's carrying her. She's momentarily safe. So just wiped out, tired. So, Kat, your character can feel herself being carried. Yes. Um, and this is like one of the first sensations that you've felt in some time. Uh, you passed out crawling through the woods not too long ago and now you're up being carried in this situation and you're just really starting to get your faculties back to you and we see a vision of something that happened about a week ago that uh, flashes across your memory i want you to describe uh the state of your village just before you left it oh gosh it wasn't good there were people uh humans Mm -hmm. in oh man in suits, James. What were the suits like? Uh, okay, so these are samurai armor, probably, right? Yeah, we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to keep going back and forth. Collaborative world building. Although, for sure, actual samurai tend to wear very minimal clothing because, because yeah. they hulk out. They, so yeah. <laughs> uh, so the, the the people like it's hard to describe what you saw as <laughs> a person necessarily. Start with the Hulk. Yeah. Like, start there, except, like, normal human fleshy skin. Yeah. Add a dire animal, so there are these sort of bony protrusions coming off of different muscle groups on their body. However, instead of the bone itself sticking out, flesh has grown to encompass those bone spur protrusions so that they just have these awful fleshy spikes jutting off of their arms and shoulders and forming protective lines on their chests. They have tattoos uh, swirling across their skin. And most horribly, there are soul gems implanted in their skin that stick out these little ruby looking things intermingled with the flesh. They glow with an intimidating magical glint and you can see them through the flames and see them shine over the screams of people around you. So uh, we see someone like that and then someone in, oh God, what's the other time period? It's medieval more or less? Yeah. Okay. So yeah. um, So in like a simple, a simple kimono with kind of like this face covering, a consistent marking several different people. Amidst all of the horror of screaming in the background and things on fire, it's a small village in the first place. But this, we're kind of in a secluded corner of it, an alley. Um, so we see a samurai strike down an oni, and then these people close in. And then like the camera goes to uh, where Mihal is hiding behind a thing. Her eyes widen in horror. Then there's a flash, a very bright flash. Um, the people look up and then it's just all her running and dodging um, throughout the village. Um, she gets kind of towards the edge and an old grandmother Oni grabs her. They stare at each other meaningfully, speaking in a language that isn't audible. Mm-hmm. Um, and she runs d- disappearing into the woods as then we anime style flash forward slightly to her 
out of breath making it to the top of the hill and looking back and everything, and everything is on fire and there is a caravan with that same symbol that was on the people's masks approaching from outside of the town yeah and you can see sort of floating above the town lit by the fire of the violence below uh this thing that is vaguely human shaped that is oh, hovering above the town uh has metallic limbs and basically looks like cobbled together armor it turns and it's as if it's looking at you and it does that dramatic anime zoom in mm-hmm. and you see the glowing eyes of its face and some of its features lit beneath the fires below as it stares to you and that is the last image that you see as you left your home and there is your aikichit <laughs> aikichits are uh, something that this system depends pretty heavily on they are similar to fate points or drama dice that you would see in other systems. Uh, the way Ike chits work, whenever anyone at the table, a GM or one of the players, appreciates a bit of role-playing, or somebody thinks that a character has fulfilled one of their fates, you hand them an Ike chit. This can be for something that is what Kat did, a longer description of something cool that happened in her past, or something as simple as somebody saying a really cool one-liner in battle. <laughs> or just describing a cool image. Uh, you hand out these Ike chits and they help the mechanical flow of the game, as we will see later on. You get your Ike chit and we are back with you, riding on the back of this strange person. So I think she, at first, tries to pretend to stay asleep and take stock of her surrounding. Same woods? does it look like they look familiar like the trees are familiar certainly but this is not an area that you have been before in your life save perhaps once when you were very young traveling okay you also notice that the gate of the person that's carrying you is very odd it's not a regular gate that is useful for long travel and surreptitiously you manage to uh, catch glimpse of the fact that this man is walking, looking straight down, avoiding stepping on even the tiniest insect. Right. And so the steps are very uneven. Some of them are very long or sort of to the side or idling and reconsidering. Uh, and so progress is very irregular. You're also in monk's robes, which I imagine I can see. Am I being carried like facing backwards? I think facing forward, probably like you've got your arms. Your arms have been slung around his shoulders. Oh, okay. He's piggyback style yeah. carrying mm-hmm. me that makes sense uh yeah they'd be visible as uh ebon mountain ebon mountain, mountain is not uh it's, it's not secret or anything cool. it's just not terribly common what's your rank are you a hoshi you know do you know they don't do ranks wow uh the the ebon mountain path specifically doesn't do ranks okay yeah so she takes stock of her surroundings then waits nothing really happens for a little while uh and you can feel her tense on your back a little bit it's okay if you don't want to talk where are you taking me anywhere but where you were it's your choice where you go i was just helping you along when you were otherwise indisposed thank you i can walk okay i will uh carefully set her down yeah ready to catch her if she falls you do feel the weight of yourself as you are set down yeah i'm tired (laughs) but uh i brace myself on my war club monk where are we making some distance There was, I don't know how much you remember, you were in a bad state when I found you, but there was a village uh, purged. I believe an armor was involved. 
I wanted to take you further away from there in case they're, they tend to send seekers out afterwards to, to clean up those who are left. And you are not with them? Certainly not. I could. That is, I could help you if you needed. You look tired. I do know some prayers that may, but he sort of backs off <laughs> a little bit, like seeing the intensity in this little girl's uh, glare. I will accept your help. Okay, uh, so I am going to use a Buddhist magic ability, Yay. the Yashi. I guess I need to know what the state mechanically of her yeah. character so is. So right now she has vitality taken from her. Okay. It's, it's really just vitality weakness. Well, turns out Iyashi completely heals vitality. Oh, cool. Like just, just straight up to full. Yuta sets her down and holds a typical Buddhist monk prayer pose, centers himself a bit, and doesn't actually touch her, but mm-hmm. hovers his hand just over her forehead, kind of in the space between her horns, and concentrates for a moment, and there is a sort of stillness that falls over the area. And he murmurs some uh, mantras underneath his breath. And I imagine in just mere moments, you feel the strength return to your body. I, um, like like you, you feel like you've just had a good night's sleep. Well, thank you. That's, please have an IQ. <laughs> um, is that, do you use the, the what's it called? Is it Shaw? No, only I believe only the Oni. Uh, I think one other group does too. Oh, really? Okay. But I just wanted to know how the magic is represented. Is it? Are you calling it down from a place? I I mean I think that it's the Buddha. That's really um, cool. I, I think that it's I, I think that the ability to affect these changes is a sign that I am on the right path. Yeah, it, you you feel a calmness and a stillness wash over you. There is a connection that you feel to the things around you and you sort of feel the peace and passivity of your environment and that becomes the feeling of yourself. Uh, She digs her feet into the ground and then before engaging with you, like checks her camera and makes sure that everything there is okay and then relaxes. It doesn't bother you that I'm an Oni? Why should it bother me? We are all living creatures. We are all Tenra. That is my path, anyway. Okay. I'm headed to the Jaliu tribe uh, to ensure that they have not been taken over. That is just east of here, right? How I'll long was I? A, point, point to a really distinctive-looking rock formation or something <laughs> like that. She nods. You, do, you did know that the Jaliu were to the east of okay. your village, that's when they tended to mm. where they tended to roam. I've never been, but I, I've heard. Do you know how to? I you surprised yourself even in knowing that. Actually. Yeah, it's true. I mean, Yuta has a really fragmented set of memories, uh, but but that one seems to work probably because it has to do with the Ooh. earth. And, oh, okay. Uh, and and that sort of uh, connection, which is one of the few things that he sort of has a solid grip on. Um. I believe we should be able to get there without too much trouble. It has been a long time since I've been out that way. But I would be glad to accompany you. I He sort of indicates his uh, Evan sect robes. I don't have any real plans. Then I, I will accept your companionship. You were very protective of that device that you have there. You were curled around it even in unconsciousness. Is this something that I need to be apprised of? Are people going to try to take it it looks valuable 
So long as nobody's following us, it shouldn't be a problem. I'm going to try to see if anyone's following us. Uh, yeah, uh, definitely go for that. Which is, oh boy. I believe that would be one of the skills nested under senses. Yeah, would be notice, which is, oh boy, am I bad at it. However, I can use spirit to roll for killing intent, like to sense if there are people, okay. people with killing intent. Uh, mm. Killing intent is an important part of the system. That's cool. Uh, In fact, I can use it with um, unarmed combat skill. Cool. It's nuts. Like, it's so powerful. So, yeah. Can you tell what, just uh, like... If it were animals, can you tell what animals are being protective of uh, their territory, territorial versus hungry? I think that is something that you could probably extrapolate for it. Uh, the basically the way the system works, usually it is only one success required to achieve just about anything in this game that mm-hmm. you need. Uh, the most difficult things are generally three successes required. Mm-hmm. So the success requirements are much, much lower. Uh, that would be something that I would put at two successes. It is more advanced information than simply knowing if something desires to kill or fight. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, and so honestly, like the opposed checks are where the real rubber meets the road. Right. Because um, then you're rolling against just... You know, other crazy roles. warrior gods like anime characters tend to be. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, make make a roll of this. You are looking to see if you can discover killing intent. Okay. So I, see... I have a crap load of successes. Um, uh, well, I, I, think I think you have one success because uh, you need. Oh, right. Right. <laughs> High is bad. High in this. is bad. High is bad. So yes. Okay, I need you... to I need to alter the flow of my chi here, like <laughs> turn it to the other the other direction. Yeah. Uh, though I need I need uh you know like Wittershin's chi. Mm-hmm. You know? That though that one success is enough for you to like you stretch out your consciousness, um, connect with the world around you in the tradition of the monks that uh, have trained you, and you know that you don't sense killing intent towards yourself or any companion that you have right now. There is a general air of unease over this countryside and that, that affects you heavily, but it's nothing specific directed towards you. So it doesn't broadcast itself. There is an illness in this land, but I don't sense any murderous intent specifically directed towards us or really anyone but there's something wrong you can feel the spirit of the land in my way yes it's it's one of the things that the buddha learned before moving on and i'm trying to grasp it in my own study well there were samurai attacking my village um and they were with uh, a caravan um, with this, and she draws the symbol uh, with her toe in the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, Do I recognize the symbol at all? Something strikes you, like you, you get Im- images of, of a past life. Uh, so why don't you tell the audience about that? Oh, no. oh boy! Oh no! So, and this is fractured images. There's no coherent mm-hmm. story happening. So Utah takes a takes a step back and sort of leans against a tree. Looks like he's suffering from some sort of a headache or something. And and we we zoom into his his consciousness where we see fire. We see banners bearing that symbol. Uh, 
we then hear indistinctly the sound of a voice raised in extremely passionate oration mm-hmm. and we sweep across a sea of angry faces of of angry looking people um and and yuta standing in front of this crowd wildly gesticulating and whipping them into a frenzy and we, i don't even think that you can see clearly that it's yuta uh. yeah, yeah there there's there's there is a person uh really just driving this crowd into a fervor and then we we just see flames and flying blades and blood yeah and as, i think thousands the, uh, thousands of small screaming voices are saying and so he sort of reels and he doesn't understand what he saw thank you ike uh he doesn't understand what he saw but he's very disquieted by it i i don't know what just happened this i've seen this symbol before but i don't know where i apologize my memory is not something happened something's wrong with your head i suppose you could say that yes so the way that my telepathy works Mm -hmm. can i only so i know that i can push messages to people Uh but have i encountered humans before like is it useful to i don't think you've had too much interaction with humans so I, i don't think you would know one way or another whether you could converse with them you can have full psychic conversations with creatures that are not oni but i don't know that you know that you can do that yet beyond like forest spirits and stuff Sure. Okay. Okay. Kodama. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Those guys have a lot to say. <laughs> they're real. They're real catty. They're very, <laughs> very catty. I mean, they're hanging out in those huge groups all the time. They get all clickish. Yeah. Because <laughs> they make click noise. Yeah. See, it was a thing. Yeah. <laughs> um. Are you okay? I think so. I. He sort of looks himself over and rubs at his head. I think it was just a a memory. But not a very not a very useful one, I'm afraid. Do you not have all of your memories? We should walk. So yeah, we'll 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 walk and talk. No, no, I everything earlier than my time in the monastery with my master is it's a blur. It's Little images, nothing continuous, but uh, Master said that that was normal for someone in my condition. I don't really know what he meant, but in your condition, yeah, I mean, something happened to me. I think that I think that I may have nearly died. I think that I think that I was nursed back to health at the monastery. That's what they said anyway. Is uh, that normal for humans? What do you mean? Well, that's not normal for Oni. Well, I don't remember anything. I don't remember anything past a few months ago, so I'm probably not an authority on what's normal. A few months? So you're about as new as me to the, to this stuff, huh? I guess so. Well, we'll be fine if we stick together. Yeah, I don't know how this stuff goes. Uh, well, now I think that you have reached that um, mm-hmm. part of, of your relationship. Uh, we're, we're about to 
change scenes. Oh, okay. Um, and there's a whole thing with that. There's a whole thing with okay, that. Okay, so, so I still haven't given away two. Yeah, I haven't given away shit. I'm a hey, terrible player you, of this game. Again, you, you, it's not that you need to. The okay. reason that you start with three is that so it's easier to remember that you have to give away three. Okay. Um, and you guys are just learning the system. I gave away more than three mm-hmm. because I am trying to, you know, uh, enforce that mechanic. Yeah. But it, it it's difficult, and don't beat yourself up over not being able to do it. It doesn't say you can't give these retroactively, <laughs> and yeah. I think your role playing was pretty good. Thank you. So, so uh, now we come to uh, the end of a scene. At the oh, end of the scene, for your flashback, off. we resolve mece- we resolve scene mechanics. Uh, okay. You guys have each have three Ike chits. Mm-hmm. Uh, you may make a fate roll. Do we have the ones that we started with too, or just the no ones the that ones we got? just yeah, the ones that you got? This the, is a pool. The ones that you started usable. with yeah. technically aren't anything. They're, They're not just, in the game. They're just a reminder. Gotcha. Yeah. Cool. 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 Um, you will be making a fate <laughs> roll, and fate roll uses your empathy uh, oh, cool. number of dice. Your empathy dice are rolling against the most applicable fate. Oftentimes, the game says just your highest fate. But oh, did you not give us destinies? Oh, uh, don't worry. That's going to okay, happen. Okay, that's happening in game. Oh, mm-hmm. I'm I'm hype. Okay. I yeah, I'm already I know the format so well. I'm already messing with it. Okay. Yeah, hey. <laughs> so, I rolled my six dice and, and the applicable what oh, fate yeah. is applicable to what? Oh, to what we were just doing? I mean, mm-hmm. coexisting with humans. Coexisting <laughs> with humans for me. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's your skill then. Is, so, so, I was so trying to get successes, two successes, yeah. so I have failed. So none of your chits convert, I believe. Yet. Although you can do more fate rolls later, I believe. You can do them yep. as a combat action. In oh, fact, cool. I believe once per scene, though, right? Yes. Something like that. Okay. okay. Yeah. Um, you can definitely make a fate roll in combat um, to accomplish combat things. One of the cool things about this, and we'll come up to this when we're in combat, if if it is a story, applicable for your story to do something and you're not normally a combat character, you can roll your fate and still accomplish the thing, even though you don't really have the skill. Yeah, which I, is awesome. Yeah, it's it's like a it's the Xander mechanic. That's although cool. I guess maybe not Buffy fans here. No, but, I, uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's that's what it is. Uh, he shouldn't be able to do anything, but when it matters, uh, you know, just pure power of heart. All right, and your your fate roll, Rob. I could roll on either, honestly, because I was consciously avoiding harming others, but I also had this vision that is going to lead me down the path to atonement. So I I think probably atonement is is more applicable, simply because there was no one to really harm. Yeah. Oh wow. Oh uh, right. So they're all converted. Yes. Like just. Oh, hardcore. that's awesome. Uh, so. So now you have uh, PI, which mm-hmm. oh, it's much more applicable do, to uh, I'll to put things. This back in your reserve there. Mm-hmm. So now, what can you Take use PI for? Uh, a number of things. Um, they're it, drama points. They're they're drama points. Like you. Okay. Mostly, uh, you use them to enhance <laughs> roles. Um, but you know, Rob built the character, so. If he wants to advance his character at any point, he could probably use those to advance his character. Cool. But, you know, that's just the start of things that are going to happen. Yeah, that's something that I'm not conversant with is, like, the rate of exchange for permanent whatever mm-hmm. uh, uh, with, with these like things. Growth. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know about that. I, I sort of know how to one-shot them for, for a boost in combat or whatever, but... Mm-hmm. Well, that's something that um, I think it's really cool that 
most Japanese games are set up to do one shots, but the economy of how often you're supposed to grow, because that seems to be a continual theme in many systems, <laughs> mm-hmm. is something very foreign to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, it, it's odd that I'd want to level up within a session. Uh, yeah, it, it's, it is very, very interesting and how that works out. And I think a lot of that is just a holdover in system design from D&D. Because mm. that was the model that all, all these Japanese games right, sprung off of. Right, started with, yeah. That makes sense. Or, or maybe even more likely, uh, God, what is it? Battle World? There's there's a Japanese game that is the Japanese D and D that was di- created directly. Oh, hey, yeah, that's what, I mean, that's D&D. the that's the one that they played the campaign that became Record of Lotus War. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah, yeah. I mean, because that that the first Lotus War comic and anime was literally just a retelling of a D&D campaign. I mean, it, it felt like one, but I did not know that that's what it was. No, it's literally, literally true, yeah. yeah. Now I want to rewatch Lotus War. Uh, your yeah. character sketch there is shortly going to be pulled over for breaking the cute limit. <laughs> it's fairly cute. All right. Uh, so we resume with you guys. You, you have been walking, um, and you smell burnt wood. Uh-oh. At first, it's just a smell, and, you know, that that could be anything. But the further you walk, the more prevalent it becomes, and you see in the distance in the sky a little bit of black smoke. Not an overwhelming amount of a raging forest fire, one that you would be afraid of, but there was a fire recently. Hmm. I'm not sure how safe it's going to be. I'm trying to remember. I wish I could remember... I'm going to see if I can remember some way of approaching this village that would be more covered or safe so we can just get a vantage point on it or something. Luckily, the wood here is thick uh, and the trees are large. You could climb a tree. Okay. All right. Um, Not too good at that. Well, I bet I am, though. (laughs) Seems like maybe you would be. (laughs) So so you – I see you, like, staring at a tree. (laughs) (laughs) I go – uh, Taking a couple test yeah. swings with my arm, like, is this how you climb? I don't know. Um, how about you stay here? <laughs> okay, yes, thank you. Uh, uh, I'll give you a boost if you... No, I should be fine. Uh, okay. And uh, she starts kid scrambling up after really assessing the tree. I mm-hmm. think I'm pretty decent at this, because I imagine it would go off of, what, agility? Agility and yeah. movement, I, I would yeah. suspect. So, so how do I do this? Agi- so, uh, it is your agility number of dice. Yes. And you're trying – it looks like your movement is three. Yes. So anything that is a three or less is a success. And to climb a tree, you need one success. I have succeeded. <laughs> so you scramble up that tree with Oni Kid scrambles and fervor. What? what does it look like when your Oni climbs this tree? Well, so Oni are very in touch with nature. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the, the, the telepathy that they have is given to them by, um, the, oh gosh, what's it called? The Um, Shah? Shah is... Uh, They might call it something else. Yeah, not Alu and D. A D, right? Yeah. Um, D, who is the earth god. Um, so she's, she's climbing in a way that looks, uh, very thoughtful, but not in the... 
like a, I will be assessing my next hand point. It's more like what is most comfortable for the tree. So what one thing video that I've seen of climbing Mm -hmm. that I feel like would be a really cool way for the Oni to climb uh, is this fellow, I believe in the Middle East who climbs on ruins and the way he does it, he studied the way that monkeys climb. Mm -hmm. Uh, So he'll lodge his fist in like an area uh and just use the meat of his fist to provide light pressure against an area so he can hang just from his fist and he'll like maneuver his legs up over his head to find a footprint so you're just like using your entire body to climb yeah not just the straight up and down so that i'm not touching the stress points on the tree exactly it's fine um so i make it up pretty far utah Uh, actually notices that 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 (laughs) level of care is being taken for the tree and and smiles to himself looking out over is this in the east where we're headed so yeah it is in the direction that you're headed you get up to the top of the tree and obviously there is a shot of you cresting the top of the tree (laughs) with the sun shining overhead you can see that bright countryside you look up and of course there's a shot of the sun shining down on your head and (laughs) Shining off of your cool features and lighting up your cute little eyes sure. or cute ginormous eyes, as the case may be. Sure. Um, first of all, here is an Akichit for climbing that tree. Thank you. And then you turn your gaze down upon the land. Um, and the first thing that you notice is that there is a village there, but this is not an Oni village. Uh, the structures are way too permanent. It's just not how you guys build villages. This looks like a human settlement. Mm. And this is a human settlement. Most humans don't have good relationship with Onis. However, there are some poorer settlements that are out in the reaches that uh, sprung up out of these forests where you've lived near these humans for a really long time. And sure. there's not exactly trade, but like... And mostly for this clan of Oni, there's sort of an understanding uh, that like, hey, we don't mess with each other. And like those humans won't mess with the forest and the Oni won't mess with the things, the, the farming that the humans are doing. And that's the sort of settlement it is. It is not a rich populace that is sure. deeply informed by farming the Farming is allowed. Yes. Farming's fine. Farming is, <laughs> farming is very fine. So you look down and you notice that there is a building that is close to the center of town that has burned to the ground. Uh, it is not that the whole village has been set on fire, but uh, one large building was set on fire. There are people scrambling around in like a meeting in sort of the center of town area. Mm-hmm. You can't see super well from there of everything that's going on, but it does appear that one uh, one building was burnt down you now have your destiny, and that is rescue the Mominoki Mori. Cool. So how how does destiny work? Destiny is like a fate, but it is a more immediate version of fate. It is the overarching goal, theme, or mission for the single for session that session. you're about to mm-hmm. do. Okay, that's cool. I call down, it looks like Mominoki Mori Village is... I can't tell if it's been attacked. Something's happened. One of the buildings is burned down. Well, I, at least, will want to go and see if I can offer any aid. I can't hear you. I, at least, will want Hold to on, see I'll be, if I'll be right down. I can. Okay. <laughs> How do you get down from the tree? Before I leave the tree, I look back in the direction that we'd come from. I want to know if I can see 
anything approaching, God, what are they called? An, an armor. You look around, you brace for it, and this is- <laughs> I just turn, and the whole bright, sunny thing changes dramatically in tone. <laughs> yeah, you turn, you turn, like, literally from seeing the village, you turn your uh, head over your shoulder, look behind you, and you see dark clouds in the distance. Yeah. And you don't see anything overt, but the forest is thick. You're very close to this village, and that's why you're able to see it. It's that killing intent thing. There's we're talking no... red cloud to cloud lightning. Yeah. <laughs> there's no there's no immediate somebody is near you trying sure, to kill you sure, killing sure. intent, but there is unease gathering in the distance. Okay. Uh the way that I climb back down is face forward. You know, that's she just like looks down and climbs comfortably, balancing on uh well balanced good job, cat <laughs> limbs. Um finding different footholds. There you go. There you go. Thank you. (laughs) Golly. Get back down. I'm sorry. The the tree was blocking your... Yeah. Yeah. So there's something something wrong, you say? Uh, Yes. One of the buildings in the middle of town, it it has been burned down. Yes. I think I need to see if anyone needs my help. I can come along if you wish. Are you a, a doctor? I could be a doctor's assistant, but I'm not typically welcome in, in human towns hmm a traveling monk will be will be accepted certainly it depends on the particular faith of these people whether they would accept the idea that an oni would be apprenticed to me it's a risk well i'm i'm comfortable taking that so long as if i if i have to leave i'm leaving i i understand and i i can try to protect you okay let's go see what's up so you guys progress through the clearings and you come upon this village. Um, the smell of smoke is a lot more prevalent on the outskirts of the village. There are not too many people milling about or around. In fact, it's abandoned on the outer edges. It appears that everybody in the town, which is not very large, has gathered in the center of town. What you can smell of the burning, like it, it smells like barbecue, mm. but there's also a lot of more burnt wood than like normally you would expect from any sort of cooking fire or something like that. It was burning more out of control than that. Utah will concentrate for a moment and see if he can sense any uh, malintent or or hatred or malice in this area. Uh, I what think kind of danger? Unnecessary to make a roll. Uh, what? you sense right now more than anything else is fear mm-hmm. okay well that these these people are afraid that can make them dangerous but it means that they need us if people need help i'll gladly help so uh yuta will make a conscious effort to modify his body language to look more confident and assured than he would naturally because he's going to have to talk to these people and you sort of come up. There is a large crowd of people. You notice they are mostly women, elderly folks, and children gathered around. Standing like in front of all of them is a very old woman who appears to have like some older men in their late 40s, early 50s standing next to her. None of these are able-bodied warriors. And there are women calling from the crowd. What are we to do? We could lose everything. And the 
older woman in front of the crowd uh, puts out her hand um says, we must do as we are instructed. If we follow the path that has been laid out for us, the village will grow, heal, and endure. Um, and then there's a large call from the crowd. There's a young boy who steps forward who looks to be about 14. And we just let them do this? We just let them take things from us? We can't! And there's like a more scrabbling in the crowd. Please, please, I call for calm. No one here would do anything against these folks. And with that, I need you guys to roll on the emotional matrix. Yes. Oh. Yes, I'm so excited for okay. this emotional matrix. So this is the most OSR thing that this game has. Or uh, the most OSR thing ever. It is. It's a, <laughs> It's pretty OSR. The way this works, like encountering NPCs in video games, this system assumes that you guys are going to encounter a lot of NPCs and that because this is discovery-based and experiential, uh, it's not all going to be laid out exactly how these people are meant to interact with you. And I designed, quote-unquote, this scenario to account for not knowing how anybody in the entire world is going to think about you guys. Right. I'm not, I haven't made any assumptions about that. That's cool. And that's all going to be based around the role that you guys make right now. Amazing. So I will need one of you to roll 2d6 and we will determine how this crowd reacts to you. Now you can use your Aki chits to influence this role after the fact do kiai work on that as well Kiai or? also work on okay. that it's just they're so valuable sure, you probably sure. i just wouldn't i, want I to. have no aiki at this at this moment you know so okay uh so which one of you was rolling the percentage and which one of you was rolling the numbers two and a six first two 26 26 yeah, sure. okay so 20 and six can who can read that hmm <laughs> Great. Are you guys <laughs> so we have this fabulous system that refused to give us anything? Yeah. Are you got and that is literally what was written down that that <laughs> that emote that they just did is the instructions from the game. So we can change it though. Can we change it in any direction? Any direction. So it can go It can wrap all the way diagonal? around to oh. yeah. <laughs> Well, and the other it the can, other question it can't is go diagonal, it can go up or to the side. And, up and, and down. How to many the side. can we spend on that? As many as you want. <laughs> this is a dangerous system. Yeah, so the ones that we have really close by, we have Annihilation. Well, that sounds not uh, great. Admiration, <laughs> companionship, and loyalty, loyalty. And loyalty. So those are the immediate ones. And then Oh my god. I mean companion- If these people were loyal to my character, it would be the worst thing ever. So yeah, so we can do that and have Horror sad times. Immediately. At the- <laughs> <laughs> um, we could do companionship and make friends. Um, and Figure then, out what they're... Well, I have five. So let's see what else in the other. So if we keep going, we yeah, can what's go a, what are our two spends? and get to a dark flame. <laughs> <laughs> or unstable emotions. That doesn't sound great. Dark dreams. Or... Uh, they hate, they you. hate you. Uh, like, <laughs> and, and if we if we do kind of a chess knight move yeah, on this thing, we could get nostalgia, rival, unsettled mind, or hatred. And a lot of these are just like not good, not great. There's purity or innocence. Uh, there's soulmate. If you were to go down to loyalty and go down a couple steps, 
Um, Let's get you a soulmate. Well, I mean, there's a there's a teen boy. Cat, yeah, there's right? a teen boy. I'm much more interested. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Even bug men need love. With it they're open all, ended like this, can, they're all super interesting and yeah. weird. You can also leave it at. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, honestly, there is a degree of hmm to a Buddhist monk with a. A young Oni with him. That's true. That's pretty freaking weird. I mean, their thing could be them deciding how they feel about us, and that doesn't sound like a terrible story. But does that sound fun to you, James? Oh, I know what's going on. (laughs) No matter what you choose, it's going to be fun. Oh, this is so tricky. I love this chart so much. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Let's go to Dark Dreams. All right. What? (laughs) No, I was kidding. I was kidding. There's so some of them are like some of them are emotions or reactions, and then some of them are just weird phrases. We could also have a rival. Ugh, this is all too oh, good. Do you want to do a rival? Like, do you want this kid to be yeah, your rival, exactly. like, or this old lady to be my rival, or both? Ah! Ah! Yeah, can I spend two and go to rival, please? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is the best, right, isn't so it? Then... <laughs> yeah. We got one! Yay! <laughs> What a dumb system. I love it. How do you announce yourself to this crowd? So I hide kind of behind you. Sure. Um, I will strike a, you know, stereotypically Buddhist pose mm-hmm. and uh, and say, I do not know what tragedy has befallen you, but I am here to offer my aid such as it is. And then there is like a slight murmuring and gasp as the crowd clears a path you can feel all the eyes of the village on you there's sort of a cautious feeling it is fortunate that you have arrived monk our village has recently seen a tragedy we saw the plume what has happened here what there seems to be such unrest uh before the elder can speak the boy steps forward what happened is the mainlanders came and they think they can treat us like their property and there's like a tiny murmuring of agreements. And the elder looks down. Shinchan, hold your tongue. <laughs> God damn it, James. <laughs> you can't make us love everybody immediately. <laughs> okay. What does Shinchan look like? Well, I mean, he's about this tall with a really round face. <laughs> what <up? laughs> uh, yeah, what does he look like? Uh, Shin is. Uh, Good old Shinkun. Yes. Shinkun is like wearing a traditional peasanty kimono. It's practical, but it was made for him with love and clearly sewed by his mother. He is somebody who clearly works as a subsistence farmer, so he's strong, but he has like a real fire in his eyes. Uh, his hair is wild. He has a. This kid's got superpowers. Yeah. Uh, he's got a, superpowers with a small dark side. His parents are already dead. So dead. <laughs> there is a bruise on the side of his face. Oh, no. Um, he has clearly been struck recently. But, you know, he is a strong farm boy who. Does like, he have a floofy ponytail? Tell us the extent of this floof hair. I think his hair is tied back into a ponytail. Like, you know, there's clearly a tradition in this village that uh, your hair is like part of your manly pride and you don't cut your hair. His skin is very tanned uh, because he works outside quite a bit. Um, 
and his eyes are blazing with a fire of passion. Um, like you, you can feel it. And like you're definitely struck by this. There is sensing within him. There is a boiling, killing intent that is just barely being contained. It's not directed at you. Mm-hmm. Sure, it's directed sure, sure. at the world. Sure. <laughs> As um, one would expect. But he, he heeds the, the elder. Um, and the elder, like, makes her face into a line. Right now, uh, one thing that you notice, uh, Mihai, is that... Mihal. Uh, Mihal. One, one thing that you notice, Mihal, is that all... you They have not seen you yet. Uh, okay. I imagine that your dress, like, you, you probably have a hat or something that, Do like, I have one of those? I was wondering if I had, like, a flat-brimmed hat. I, I was thinking it's not even a flat-brimmed. I was thinking of, like, one of the conical That's what hats. I meant. Yeah. Something. Sorry, yeah. The, uh, like, a big, a big yeah. sphere hat. Or oh. I just gave you mine. Yeah, I mean, that's Because, like, like, you know, yeah. Bo- Boshi probably have, have that. Definitely, you know? yeah. And so I now have a... Comically oversized hat. Uh-huh. So, yeah, yeah. Like, unless people, <laughs> people can tell that you're Oni, but only if they take time to carefully examine you. And right now, all attention is on Utah. Mm-hmm. Um, but the village elders' lips uh, form into a pursed line. Some of the boys' words are truth. Indeed, the mainland government came to this town and took many of our village's stores. It is spring, but we have not yet harvested. So most of the supplies left over from last harvest were sustaining this village. They took our supplies... And are young men of battle age, and they left. And there's like a murmuring of agreement. And though we disagreed with their actions, and to reward us with our resistance to their actions, they left us this. Um, And she gestures to the burnt building. They burned our town center to the ground, our place of worship. That's terrible. Are Are there any injured or... Indeed. Shin here was one of those to resist. Many of the injured were taken away and subjugated so that they could be drafted into some ridiculous army. The war, though, is over. They have no need of our men. And there's like that further murmuring. All we can do is tend to our wounded and hope that we can survive these next few weeks without those supplies. This is... This is madness. There was an Oni village burnt not long ago. And now this? Like, the government going after a human settlement as well? Your words are true. The war is over. This this is insane. The war against the Oni is not over. She speaks, and the crowd listens, finally turning their attention to her. Well, heroes, that's it for One Shot this week. But we'll be back next week with the continuation of our Ten Rabancho Zero adventure. In the meantime, I'd like to encourage everyone who hasn't already to head over to the Noisy Person Cards Kickstarter. Kat and I are hoping to get about a tenth of our audience to support us on this project. That means we're looking for about a thousand backers. And right now, we're really close, at just over 600, with over two weeks to go. So please check out the project, and if you like it, support us. If you don't have enough money, or you've already backed the project, feel free to help us in other ways. Talking about noisy person cards on social media or to your real friends in real life helps us out immensely. If you're on the East Coast and looking to play a game of noisy person cards, Kat and I are going to be in Providence, Rhode Island to visit one of our birthday club backers this month. 
On May 7th, we'll be at a game store nearby Providence to demo noisy person cards. We haven't quite decided on the game store yet, but we're working on it. And as soon as we've picked one out, we'll pin the location to my Twitter account. It will also be listed under events on the Noisy Person Cards Facebook page. So be sure to like the page to keep up to date. Another huge thanks to Dyson Randomness, Both and Banter, and D20 Babes for their support. I'd also like to thank the other podcasts who had us on as guests or gave us shoutouts on air. Swords and Boards, the MFG Cast, System Mastery, the RPG Academy, the NPC Cast, Misdirected Mark, God's Fall, Fear the Boot, DM's Block, Sword Nut Radio, Tabletop Superhighway, The Tome Show, and Dice Willing. Thank you guys so much for your support. It is awesome to be part of this community of podcasters. And I know our listeners out there would appreciate some of your shows. So be sure to head to the show notes where you can find links. OneShot is a proud partner in the Chicago Podcast Co-op. If you're an advertiser looking to reach an engaged Chicago audience, be sure to contact the co-op about advertising opportunities. And if you're a listener who wants to find a new show, be sure to check out MBSing. Host Mary Beth Smith cuts the BS out of conversation by discussing a topic her guest unabashedly loves, thus discovering why people love what we do and how that passion affects us. As always, a big thanks to our supporters on Patreon. If you want to help us in a non-monetary way, the best thing you can do is tell a friend about the show. You can also leave us a rating or review on iTunes. Every five-star review we get helps new people find the show. If you want to hear more from the show, be sure to follow us on Twitter at OneShotRPG. Look us up on Facebook at Facebook.com slash OneShotPod. Check out our Tumblr at OneShotPodcast.tumblr.com. Check out our Google Plus community. Or look for news on the site at OneShotPodcast.com. If you're looking to inquire about advertising rates, live appearances, and commissioning episodes, or you have a question or comment about something you heard on the show, contact us at GameMaster at OneShotPodcast.com. OneShot is a joint production between Peaches and Hot Sauce and Paracosm Press. Peaches and Hot Sauce is a Chicago-based comedy network with tons of great podcasts, videos, and live shows for you to check out at PeachesAndHotSauce.com. Finally, that music, which is right now swelling up over my voice, is Be Your Own Pet with Adventure, courtesy of Infinity Cat Records. See you next time, heroes! Okay.